0: Everyone who doesn't know what they're wanting to do with their life or they're torn between degrees, I'm literally like, do a business diploma, do a business degree. Like, even if you just do a one year short course, you will use business, I promise. Like, it's the most handy thing to know.
1: Blake Ross, founder of Firefox. Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook. Steve Jobs, creator of Apple. Three young and successful entrepreneurs. People tend to see teens as angsty, rude, and irritable. When in reality, teens can be some of the most successful and creative people. Welcome to Now I'm Here podcast. This podcast aims to teach the younger generations that no matter your age, the possibility of success is within arm's reach. All you need is a little perseverance and a strategic mindset. Like Walt Disney said, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Dare to dream. Now to our host, Sydney Jacobs. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Now I'm Here podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Jacobs. Today we actually have our first guest from Australia. (laughs) Hey guys, this is April 5th, Sydney. I actually made a mistake. So the episode that you're listening to right now with Anna Harris was the first episode recorded with an Australian. However, episode 8 that was with Byron Dempsey was actually the first episode released with an Australian. So that's why you might be a little bit confused. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the episode. Anna Harris. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm good. It's it's nice catching up with you. I it's good. We haven't seen good. each other in a while. Been like almost, oh, probably yeah, over so, a year now.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to finally have someone that's like not Canadian on the <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> like it, it's going to be an amazing like way to look at things differently and a different taste of what everyone else is used to it yeah yeah podcast at this point for sure so how about you tell us a little bit about yourself
0: so um my name is Anna obviously I am a 19 year old from the Gold Coast which is located like about an hour south from Brisbane if you know much about where things are in Australia I um recently graduated my university degree because here you do have the option to do accelerated learning so rather than having a long holiday i did classes throughout that holiday so i would only get between like 3 4 sometimes 2 weeks off between semesters for my whole degree so yeah i finished that i was still very young to be graduated i went out straight from high school and just kept studying and from there I've just done a lot of things I got to work for politicians I've worked in consulting groups I've had the opportunity to start my own business in my degree it's been pretty hectic pretty fun lots of opportunity yeah that's
1: like the craziest thing I think here <laughs> when you're 19 years old you're going into your second yeah year. you're not even <laughs> halfway done your degree and you're literally 19 and you're yeah. done that's just, just wild crazy it's and and your sister's applying to medical school meanwhile my brother's girlfriend who's three years older is also applying to medical school yeah you said it's accelerated you don't really get summers
0: how does that work we do like our summer holidays usually about three and a half weeks if you take in like a week into account which is our orientation um it's it's just tiring sometimes because obviously our breaks are significantly shorter and savior like me and love traveling and you want to go overseas during that period of time you're essentially like once I miss booked a flight and <laughs> scheduled it for my last exam so <laughs> I walked into my exam room and like rushed the paper in 20 minutes, just answered anything I knew what the answer was straight away. And then I got up and I was like, bye, sir, i got to fly it. <laughs> and he was like, Anna, we warned you about this. And I was like, I know. Um, but like literally from the moment I left that exam room pretty much till the night before I started the new semester, I was travelling in Europe and I came back and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Um, so that's kind of like the sacrifice you make, but for me, being able to finish a year earlier than everyone else, my age is such an advantage. like I'm one of the first people in my high school cohort to graduate, which is pretty cool in my opinion and so what are you doing now? Just
1: relaxing,
0: yeah, literally just relaxing i I did have a look at a couple of jobs. Unfortunately, some of them were a bit far-fetched because my age does play into consideration and they go, oh, you're 19, like yeah. maybe not, which is fair enough. But I mean, like, because I am 19, I am still so young. And once you start working, you're locked in and I didn't really want to be locked in this year, especially if things open up towards the end, I can go travel and do some of that stuff, which I haven't been able to do for the past year and see my family. So it just better for me not to be locked down into a full-time job right now. Let's talk about more like your past experiences. I remember you worked for a politician. I remember talking
1: to you. We were, we were on the cruise and like, we were like upstairs in like the lounge part. And you were like telling me, I like work for a politician. I do this. I'm in, you should come. Like the school's amazing. Like telling me all these amazing (laughs) things. And I'm like, jaw dropped over like all these things that you've done so like let's do all the
0: stuff that you've done and really like learn about like how amazing it is so politics is something that I hold very close to my heart it's Honestly, pre-starting my uni degree, it was something I never, ever thought about. Um, I think Australia is very different to Canada and the US, where politics is taken really, really seriously from what I can understand. But here, typically, people my age don't really care, and it's more of a oh, mom, who do I vote for this election? Or I'm just going to cop the fine type attitude. So when I got to uni, I realised how important politics was in business especially and how, like, honestly, successful businesses can't run without having political allegiances. So I was like, OK, I'm going to start getting more into politics. And it was a time when the my first federal election that I could vote in was coming around. So I really wanted to make my vote matter. And then through one of my friends at uni, they actually helped me get a job working in a by-election campaign. So I was like an assistant campaign manager on that, which meant I had to coordinate a lot of the volunteers that were coming down to help I worked alongside the candidate to make sure um, like her schedule was running properly and that she was getting to where she needed to be and the interviews were going and all the rest of that so during my first semester this year like just before COVID hit I was doing full-time study loads so four subjects about 16 hours a week of classes on top of study and then I was working um typically 5.30 to 6 in the morning until about 6 at night on every day I wasn't at uni including weekends so (laughs) it was um, insane and I was extremely tired but to get that opportunity it allowed me to then land another job with a different politician working in his office and he was the chief political whip so that was pretty cool so I got to do that for a little bit yeah it's just like the doors that got opened for me just doing that one by-election have been really really useful and I can always go back when I feel like it
1: I think that's when we're young like our networking and meeting people is so much more important now because you never know who you're gonna I mean did you really think that you'd be meeting someone on a cruise and then be (laughs) be for a podcast a year later like no (laughs) I mean and I still talk to Olivia you remember oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 i still talk to her like i watch like we stay in contact a bit like i tell her about like her videos and stuff like i would have never thought that i would be here interviewing like someone i just met on a cruise and like hung out with but <laughs> here it is and now like now we like have connections you have a connection in canada i have a for connection sure. in australia and like that's something that you can't you can't change you can't take away add to that
0: it's yeah, our experiences sure. that
1: are what's gonna like get us somewhere
0: else in life And I can't stress like my number one tip for anyone in university especially at our age is to meet as many people as possible because honestly like I've just met so many people in my two years of my degree let alone how many you can meet and people doing three or four years and the job opportunities the skills you can learn like you just meet so many amazing people and it's so important to like keep those people in your little list of contacts and to take advantage of that. Like I have a lot of friends in the States, I have friends in South Africa, Europe, Canada, like literally all over the shop now, which means that's opportunities for me to go travel and to do things overseas, but also opportunities for them to come back here and, you know, do a little hookup and exchange. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: That's, that's the other thing about your school. You you mentioned that there were like a lot of international students. Yeah. So
0: States. I, I can't remember what the actual ratio is, but I've been in classes where I was the only Australian at a wow. university in Australia. <laughs> wow. So um, from my understanding, a lot of Americans come, but also Canadians come for the law school because the administration the admission thing is a lot easier to the uni i went to because i know it's quite volatile over there but um i've heard like american colleges and stuff are really expensive and bond runs on the american Can- canadian like school schedule for the most part so a lot of them come over to bond do their degree in 2 years and because of the like currency exchange rate it ends up being a lot cheaper so even for them to live here and do everything, it's still like significantly cheaper.
1: And I mean, the Gold Coast is a beautiful place to live. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Did you do any clubs in university or did you just kind of do like your out of school things?
0: Yeah, I did actually. So I joined a club in my second week of uni or third week. I started a bit late. I can't remember when. Um, And it was a consulting group. It was actually the largest student run consultancy in the world. Um, And that's called 180 Degrees Consulting. And I honestly didn't know a single thing about consulting. And I admitted that in my interview straight away. But I was like, I really wanted to learn about it. And I ended up going in as the events director. And then in my second semester, I got moved up to the people development and culture manager, which for me was a really good position. And it didn't actually exist. It was like, formed for me to step into which wow. was pretty cool. Um, so essentially the organization we would get client projects we actually started working on some international ones at this time and we would have about oh, I'd say between 20 and 30 student consultants that would work for us for like for free but they get the benefit of working with a legitimate company and I guess my role within that was making sure that everyone was running smoothly the people are happy trying to improve organizational culture because I think the more you go through a business degree the more you realize how important a strong culture is to like improving literally every single aspect of the business so it was a hard job because I was Kind of had like my blind mirrors up. I didn't really know what to expect, really. It was, yeah, a bit of trial and error, but it was really, really challenging and rewarding. And also to work with non for profit organizations and provide them work was a really beautiful thing because you just, we worked with some amazing companies. Like one was called Mercy Ships. That one stands out to me the most, probably. Um, and they were like a ship that sails around the African regions and it's kind of like a hospital on water. So they would pick up a bunch of people and they would treat them on the ship and drop them off, like offering healthcare to people who can't afford it. And I just thought that was so beautiful and so inspiring. So yeah, it was pretty amazing to work with people like that.
1: Do you know what you want to do in the future? Like, are you planning on going back to school, becoming a consultant, politician? Do you have any idea?
0: I've... No clue. I'm very indecisive. And I really have loved like so many different things that I've tried in uni. I think eventually I probably will end up back in politics. Um, (laughs) I'm a very strong minded person. But that's, for me, probably an end goal type thing, not something I want to get into full swing right now, because I'm a bit young. And I think in politics, it's nice to have a good career before stepping into it and get that life experience. I mean, I would also love to run my own business. (laughs) Not that I know what that would be just yet, but I think I can just see myself running my own show. My sister and my mom says I should be the Prime Minister of Australia, so that's a big leap. I'm still a child, but, yeah, I'm just kind of jumping around a bit, seeing what I vibe with, what I don't. I'm not in any rush right now, and business is such a broad spectrum there's honestly so many different avenues you can go down
1: I think what's really interesting when you like think about your family both (laughs) of your parents are doctors (laughs) right but your mom runs her own business yeah so she's as much as she's into sciences and she's a doctor she runs her own business and that's like it's interesting because it's connecting you and your sister you're both like it's so it's it's just so interesting that like that's all coming together full swing and that you guys like have those people to look up to
0: yeah yeah definitely People like, everyone I know like- who doesn't I was gonna go say ahead. like everyone who um doesn't know what they're wanting to do with their life or they're torn between degrees I'm literally like do a business diploma do a business degree like even if you just do a one-year short course you will use business I promise like it's the most handy thing to know whether you go like I think any career path you take down, you will take business knowledge with you. Like it's just so useful.
1: Like 100% if you're a lawyer uh, and you wanna run your own practice, like no matter what you do, you're gonna need to have that knowledge. And I feel like a lot of it comes from experience and practice, but a lot of it also Mm -hmm. comes from like the actual education, like a, a degree and a diploma.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So your courses in university, how many semesters total did you take in university? Six. Six and how many courses a semester? Four. Wow. So we're five. Yeah. We are five courses a semester, and oh my we're gosh. eight semesters. So how many hours are your classes? Well, this year because of COVID, a lot of them were shortened.
0: But yeah, yeah. usually,
1: most of them are like three hours a week. I think. Oh, so okay, okay. Like fifteen hours, probably. I like have a lab. I know, like one of my three-hour classes, I have like an hour and a half lab. Um, you do that twice a week you have three hours once a week and then an hour and a half once a week for the same class so like four and a half hours in class Uh, for one course
0: whoa that's a long time yeah yeah Yeah. gosh I thought we did long classes so at bond compared to a lot of other unis our classes are longer so we do two four-hour classes a week and four different subjects if you're on a full-time load but like I've had friends at other universities have 45 minute classes for one and then like an hour for the next I'm like oh my wow. gosh that's crazy that's very short yeah wow. yeah so we do do the longer classes but obviously it can't be too long because we have the accelerated learning as well so they essentially say for every class you take you should be doing at least 10 hours outside of that class a week of, like, study and class? prep and things, yeah. So, it's like 16 mm-hmm. hours of class time, and then they expect you to do another 40 hours on top of that. Wow,
1: I think yeah. it's relatively similar for us, but I don't seem to be spending that much time on my course. No, no, <laughs> maybe I the should. math subjects I, I did, grades,
0: math subjects I needed to take that time, but I think, um. The more you get through uni, the more you realise there's a bit of a formula to it. Like it eases up a lot more when you feel a bit more comfortable with like how you work and what works best for you. Like for me, I'm not a last-minute person at all. Like I would get an assignment and I'd literally start at the same day. I'm one of those crazy people. But I would never finish it. Like I'd just kind of gradually touch on it as I went on. Sometimes I was a psycho and sat down and did the whole thing. But um, like I'm typically quite a fast worker anyway so I just think time management is the best thing you can do when you have an intensive study load especially like if you're like me and working through most of your degree in quite long hours as well with minimal sleep it's so important to look after yourself the amount of people I see sleeping at Bond is insane in the library <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah I can only imagine like the course that I'm dealing with right now I'm at home like I don't have to wake up early I wake up five minutes before class roll oh, out yeah. of bed throw on a sweatshirt and come sit and go to class whereas like if I had to drive to school for an eight I'd have to wake up at like seven forty five, <laughs> drive park walk into class so I don't even know how this would work if like it was a normal university
0: year like this yeah, is hard yeah. enough
1: as is.
0: So we went into lockdown like in end of March. It was the week before my birthday when the whole uni shut down and they were like, if you're an international student, you should be going home. If you like, if you're wanting to get home, you need to leave essentially. So all my friends packed up and left and I was like, okay, that's really fun. And then we did our second semester of this year completely online and I felt awful for all the first years because they would barely like experience that online campus which I think like your first semester is so important to meet people that you work well with and you want to be with and it just creates that little like initial network for you so you feel comfortable in classes because usually the first year students in each degree will be in pretty similar subjects. Yeah so I just remember doing my second semester online and for me that was amazing because I had one class, one day where I literally did nine in the morning until 9 p.m so it was actually really nice being able to do that from home. <laughs> they were yeah, like broken up but yeah yeah that was wow. a big day and I go to bed at nine o'clock so I was sitting in my last class like okay <laughs> but um Honestly, when we got the thumbs up to go back on campus for my last semester, I was so happy. But it was still different and I think it will be for a long time because we obviously have to cater to all the international students who aren't here, which is hard actually working with people across all different countries. Like I, when I ran my own business, I was doing that with one in Canada, one in America, another in China, one in Poland somewhere. Oh,
1: that must have been crazy to schedule. Meetings yeah. and stuff.
0: And then even if you were in Australia, you didn't necessarily have to come to class. So like in my team of 12 people, sometimes there would only be three people there and you had to learn how to adjust to that and run a business at the same time. And we obviously had targets to meet and money that we were wanting to raise. So the whole thing was really crazy and it, I think it'll stay like that for a long time
1: That it could be the new norm the, it's going yeah it's yeah. G- unfortunately going to be the new normal for a long time let's touch on the company that you had to run for the end of your <laughs> degree
0: okay so
1: what was it what funding was provided what were the goals and what
0: did you really learn from doing that yeah so uh, in my last two semesters of my degree, there is a joint subject. The first one is called business model generation, followed by business model execution. Provided you've passed the first one, um, essentially business model generation—think of it as Shark Tank, but a subject. So we get put into teams quite early on. We can pick them, or the teacher can like move you into one. And usually they're between three and four people. I was lucky and we were in good five people. Um, (laughs) anyways, we spent the whole semester in that team and in week five, week seven, week nine and week 11, I think they were the four weeks we did it. We had to get up and do a pitch. Um, the first pitch we did, we literally put up three different business ideas. The teacher was like, I've never seen someone with three different business ideas, but we were, what did we do? We wanted a sunscreen business. Then there was... Um, the booty bands and then there was my Canadian friend Fisher who wanted to do like the American hot dog lifestyle vibes (laughs) so yeah we did that initial pitch and then in week seven we decided to cut the perishables because we realized like with the COVID implications and there was a lot of food safety rules and it would have been way too difficult to organize so that got culled and we eventually stuck with the sunscreen and the bands and our team kind of split up during that time. So we had team sunscreen, team bands, obviously working towards like whichever was the better business model. or wasn't competitive. Um, and then we did our week seven pitch with both of those. And then after that, we had to really sit down and think, OK, which direction do we want to take this in? And we eventually went to the booty bands because Um, Finding a supplier for sunscreen was really difficult. It honestly just came down to a supply chain thing. Um, The only concern they had with the business model was that we were outsourcing from an overseas company Um, and with the COVID supply chains and things, that was really risky because, like, orders into Australia were getting pushed back by months. So anyways, and we couldn't order anything until we knew whether we'd been approved or not. So there was about, I think there was five or six teams and in our week 11 pitch, we all got up, did our final presentation. We had a strict 10-minute time limit and when you hit 10, he would say stop. Um, So we timed it to the T and we were really grateful to be one of the two teams that got selected to go through. And the second we found out, I put my own money down to get the order going because I knew it would take a long time. Every team that didn't get in, they kind of just got shuffled around and re-emerged into different teams. And I think this was really challenging because obviously you have like a bunch of new people who aren't familiar with your business model or the goals of your company um, coming into your team. So you had to step back, explain everything, but then also step forward because it's super fast paced. Like they kind of expected stock to be there week one, ready to sell and do all of that, which for us was not the case. Um, so when we got approved, we got $2,900 in funding for that and it's a non-forgivable loan. So if we didn't like get all the money, we would give the uni back what we could. If we did get to that $2,900 mark, we would pay the uni back and then from there we're making profit. But because our product was slightly more expensive, we ended up paying Three thousand eight hundred dollars, which was wow. eight hundred dollars over budget, but um, it wasn't meant to be that much. Customs did us dirty and charged us five hundred dollars to get it into the country, so that was rough. Wow. Yeah, so we actually had to pay like nearly four grand before we could earn any profit, which was did you break even? Very. Yeah, we we ended up doing. Eight thousand four hundred and something dollars in profits.
1: Oh, that's amazing! Yeah,
0: yeah, like it was crazy. We were the way I designed it is to have a high profit margin, but we were also undercutting all our competitors. So, if anyone knows, like the fabric resistance bands, you can literally spend thirty to forty US dollars on one, and for us to get three, they would be like eighty to a hundred dollars. Um, doing all my research, I actually under a Shark supplier. And to get three made, that was $9 a unit. And with the shipping and additional fees, it ended up going to about $11 a unit and we were selling for $35. So we still had about a 200% markup, but we were still undercutting the entire competition, which was really good. And all the proceeds, I mean, not the proceeds, all the profits went to charity. So we supported an Australian charity called Fight MND, which I think you guys would know as. ALS yeah um, yeah yeah so we wanted to support a charity where um, there was research going into like such a horrible disease and honestly like my heart goes out to anyone who does have it or knows someone with it because it's awful and I just really like to support research projects where I know the money's going to a safe place and it's going to a good cause and I thought like what better way to promote fitness and exercise and keeping healthy while supporting those who lose that ability over time. So that's kind of our rationale for that. Anyways, in our second semester, we had a huge supply issue. So in the factory, we were sourcing our stuff from there was a COVID outbreak and the whole factory had to shut down. And this is in China, so you can imagine how hectic that was yeah our stock was already four weeks late at this stage like it hadn't left the country which was scary um because there was a time where I was thinking you know crap is this going to actually get here before the semester ends because we had to finish selling by week 10. So the COVID outbreak happened the factory closed down our order wasn't done yet and then think the next week it got shipped out to Australia and then it got held by customs for about two weeks here so we didn't get any of our product until week eight of the semester and we had 300 units to sell and we hadn't made any money because I was very strict on you know we can't take money off people who don't have a product yet I don't think that's fair we did get a little bit of money from like family and the closest friends who we knew would support us like regardless um so we were actually able to break even before we got our stock and then we were also lucky that we had a couple businesses bulk order bands so we had one company based in Melbourne order 50 units and then we had my mom's business ordered 20 20 units I think um for like staff Christmas presents and stuff so that was really helpful to do that but then we had another 230 units left too I mean I totally just did that math oh no 230 units left yeah, yeah. it's early <laughs> I'm like did I do that right <laughs> that's I think
1: it's like those type of courses that are really the most beneficial we had something yeah, similar yeah. I mean Very similar, just on a much smaller scale. In grade eleven, it was basically throughout the whole semester. We started a company, had to sell the product to our school. We got two hundred dollars, so not a couple thousand. We got two hundred, but those are really where you learn these skills like all of the things that you learned about you know having issues with shipping items Mm -hmm. being held at customs like unforeseen costs that you may not have accounted for needing to work with different teammates like you never know maybe you're working for a new company and a manager comes from somewhere else and you need to like inform them and kind of get them up to swing on how your company does everything like these are the experiences that are going to help shape you in your future For sure. There's no better way to learn. That's why I love like the
0: courses where it's like, okay, get your hands dirty. Like you're doing this. Good luck. Definitely. And I think like what most people don't realize is while we're running our own business and stuff, like it's a team effort. So for us, what made it harder is that we had a lot of team members who weren't on campus and we didn't have the budget or the time to ship product overseas. And it was way too risky because of the whole COVID switch um and we didn't know whether our stuff would arrive so selling we probably only had like six people in our team with the capacity to sell 300 units um and then on top of that you're doing all your other uni subjects so I was doing that and three other subjects and working which was like so hectic because you had so much to think about um and this was in my last semester as well so (laughs) you're kind of doing that on top of the like three other hardest subjects you can do so it's pretty wild but yeah like I completely agree the like running a business is hard work you can't sit there and let it happen like obviously if you get a really successful one you can start to step back and hire other people to do your jobs I think if anyone knows someone who started a business the groundwork to get it going is insane and even like I dedicated 24 weeks, not including holidays, but I worked through my whole holiday period as well, trying to get this business off the ground. And, you know, that was baby steps in like retrospect to the whole business thing. That was really baby steps. So, yeah, it's a lot of work. What would you say are
1: like the biggest things that you learned from doing that, that you'll be able to apply to
0: things that you do in the future? Um. I'd actually say the hardest thing was working in a group of like diverse people and people from all over the world. So we had a couple of different nationalities in there and like I'm sure how Australians work to how Canadians work are probably two different things. So it was, I, I personally really struggled, I guess, working alongside so many different cultures and nationalities because everyone has a different way of working and like one of my weaknesses is I like to have control over things I'm sure my team would 100% agree with that and I think because the idea was kind of like my little seedling in the beginning I just wanted to see it grow and I didn't want anything bad to happen so I was really attached to it all but working in an environment where you don't have your whole team there all the time and you know people have different ways like some people super laid back other people were super into it Um, you know, we had some people who couldn't really speak English very well. So it was hard to learn how to communicate and to get everyone on the same page. And then you have this struggle, like, I'm a high achiever, I wanted to do really well. Um, But then you have other people who just want to pass. So it's how do you find a middle ground to find a point where everyone's really comfortable? How do you manage conflict in a way that's beneficial and not destructive? So there's a lot of Things I guess you don't really think about until you're put in a group of 11 people and you've got to work together for 12 weeks straight. And we had three classes a week for this subject. So we did five hours. And on top of that five hours, you had meetings outside of that. You were together every weekend selling, doing like promos. I did a lot of the ad work. So it was hard. It was really hard. And I think we finished the semester writing a big reflection. And the only thing I could talk about was like, how difficult it was, like, for our team to function properly because we were just, honestly, the biggest group of different people. So how did you do that?
1: Because I feel like that's an issue that, like, a lot of people are having now, especially because it's online.
0: Yeah. I have peers of
1: mine that are in Taiwan, Turkey, doing the same classes that I'm doing, and I'm noticing
0: the same issue. So how did you overcome that? We didn't. Like, honestly, we didn't. I'll be so honest about it. Like, we – we didn't um I think it was a really sad situation and like I think down to the crux of it a lot of our success came from our business model which was done in the smaller groups um like no disrespect to the other people or anything it was just our team was so different on so many different levels and you have I guess some people who don't handle stress very well and they were getting really overwhelmed with the whole thing. So like we had a few team members say like, I'm going home for a week, I'm not coming in. Like I need time to work on myself. And then you have other team members who get sick, who don't show up for a long time. Like I didn't meet one of my team members until week seven. And yeah, like, and then you're working with people across multiple different time zones. So we were trying to plan meetings where my friends in Canada weren't up at 12 or one in the morning trying to talk to us. We had one person like in Holland, another person in China, Um, people leaving the country, like as the semester started as well. So who didn't tell us they were leaving. Um, So yeah, I think our team could have functioned a lot better but it didn't and we we honestly did like work hard to try and make it work we had a lot of meetings where we aired the dirty laundry and things but it the semester didn't end very well there was a big conflict in the end and I think that just came down to the divide in our team because we had a couple people who really really worked hard to get it going and without those few people we would have failed a hundred percent and the teacher knew that we knew that and there was a big disparity in our grades and that caused a lot of conflict but I mean I've been in other classes in a similar situation just on a smaller team where it's been so fine because the people I'm working with I already knew from Australia so we just we already know how to work together and even though the time difference kind of sucked it wasn't that bad
1: Like, that's the hardest issue that, like, we're all kind of facing right now, like, in school. But I think, really, the fact that it was, like, such a large group made it such a big problem. But I know for myself, I go into the first day of my marketing class, and the teacher goes, okay, make groups for your final project. And I go onto the Zoom call, and I scroll down, and I go, I only know one person in this class, and I need a group of five. So then I go, okay, whose name have I heard of before? So then I texted them, and they're like, sure but I don't know anyone else in this class and we made this group of five of us none I only know one person in this group the other people yeah. have just heard their names heard them talk and it's like we don't know if we're going to work together I don't know their personalities I don't know what type like where they stand in a group whereas if we were in person like we could really have like talked to each other gotten to know each other but mm. you're not getting to do that and then additionally like a group of 11 people is just so Insane. many people to manage when you're yeah. all equal It's not like they're working under you. I think that's something really hard to look at. Yeah.
0: And it was a big shock because like I said earlier, I kind of take control a little bit. And the team actually did dub me as team leader. So that was my official title. I managed the project. I kind of got everything going. But then you can manage people. But if they don't want to listen or if they don't do what you tell them to do, what's the point? Like I I remember delegating tasks and literally weeks after they were due, I'd be sitting there like, guys, where is this stuff? And then I remember the night before our first huge assessment was due, um, it would have been a 10,000 word report or something. And I did most of that by myself because my team members just weren't reliable. And I think that's a really hard part about uni, but also a good lesson to learn is that you can't rely on others. And sometimes you do have to sit there and go, well, if I want to achieve the scores that I want to achieve, then I need to pick up the slack for others. And we get to do like a peer evaluation system, luckily. So I could go back and say like, you know, this person did nothing. I haven't even met this person yet. Like I could go through and kind of, iron out and our grades get adjusted that way but I think looking forward to the future you know you could be in a professional working place and manage people and our teacher spoke about it a lot he was saying that he had a manager who didn't manage and he actually did all the work for the manager and sometimes that's just how it is and it's just what you have to do for a little bit um, so, yeah, that was a tough lesson to learn and I'm sure so many people are struggling because like you said, if you come into a class day one and you haven't met anyone, how do you know you're going to put yourself in a group with people you're going to work with? And like like I said, I, I typically try to get a high distinction in everything I do. That's just where I set my bar. But I'm working with someone who wants to get a pass. Like they're not going to facilitate me getting my score. It'll be my score getting pulled down to facilitate yeah. theirs. So I would always literally have meetings with my teachers, outline what my goals for the subjects were so they knew what I was trying to achieve and where I was going, which I think is like such a good thing to do. I really couldn't recommend it more. Like I said to my teacher this semester, I was like, Ben, last semester I got a 90 for the subject. I wanna do better. How can I do better? And even though most of my coursework was dictated by 11 people in a team, I still did better than that score because I made sure I worked for myself and I worked hard to achieve what I wanted.
1: So, I think yeah. that's I think that's a great place to end it and just such a great <laughs> thing to really think about is like, you're the only person that you can control. If exactly. you're in a group with someone who isn't pulling their slack, you have to do better. If you want that mark, don't complain, you're gonna have sleepless nights, but at the end of the day, it's going to pay off.
0: Exactly. One day you'll get
1: there and you'll be happy. Like, I'm sure looking back, of course, things could have gone better, but you're happy with the effort that you did because you did the best that you could do with the circumstances that you were in. For sure, and I think for sure. that's so important for school, for life, for really anything that you can apply that to, that you're the only person that you can control and you need to do as good as you want to do and not blame it on anyone else. Because at the end yeah, of the day, exactly. you can't control them.
0: No, and you work for yourself. If you like I, I've never been a high achiever. I've like all through high school and stuff, I was never, you know, the top student or anything. Um, and I got to uni and I was like, do you know what? I'm not relying on other people. If I'm in a group project, that's not going to dictate like how far I can go. And I just pushed myself and pushed myself. And yeah, there were times where I would literally go to my class in the morning, sleep all day, and wake up because I was so mentally exhausted. But the growth that I've been through in the past two years has been insane. And I've just come out like such a stronger and brighter student. And I really like believe in my capabilities now because I stopped letting what I did and what I achieved be dictated on other people. And I, I literally can't stress it enough.
1: That's amazing. I need to do the same thing. I, yeah. I need to get <laughs> on that path and be able to look at yeah. With that, we're going to end off the podcast. So thank you so much for coming today. It was a pleasure having you. Thank Thank you. you so much for listening to Now I'm Here podcast. Catch you guys next episode. Thank you.